right the next matter on for argument is robert kinchy lowey versus american airlines case number twenty two dash one five seven two six Okay, um, I think everyone might be situated. I'm assuming for the appellee is only one person arguing? Yes, sir. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, counsel, you may proceed. Good afternoon, Your Honor. I'm Mark Potashnik of Winehouse and Potashnik uh, here for the appellants, uh, Mr. Kinchelow, Adol. I would like to reserve three minutes for rebuttal. I'm sorry, your name again? Mark Potashnik. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, we, we believe the only issue decided by the district court was whether the uh, plaintiff sufficiently stated a claim for constructive discharge, and thus this uh, appeal should come down to just a few key questions. The first one is, does coercion inherent in the choice to leave employment support constructive discharge? The uh, district court said that the only thing that uh, does support constructive is discharge. Wait, I'm a little is... confused on the calendar here. Let me just, can you stop the clock? Do we, um, okay, Mr. Potashnik, you represent? Uh, the uh, plaintiffs. Okay, I guess on the, I had the old calendar. Okay, so it said you were representing American Airlines. So, so what? No. Okay, all right, I just, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that appellant's starting. All right. You switched it out? Yeah, that's the... uh, But anyway, so uh, let's just go back and start over. (laughs) So so you're Mr. Potashnik, and (laughs) you are representing the plaintiff appellants, correct? Correct, I am. All right. So whether it's an old or a new calendar, okay, we got it right. Okay. The only issue decided at the district court level was whether the plaintiffs had sufficiently stated a claim for constructive discharge. So this uh, appeal should come down to just a few issues. Um, One is, does coercion inherent in the choice to leave employment support a constructive discharge? Uh, The uh, Ninth Circuit answered that question affirmatively in cases like Knappenberger and Kalvinskis, and several district courts in the Ninth Circuit have also done so. In uh, contrast to all those cases, the district court said that the only way to show uh, constructive discharge was that um, the workplace was uh, adversely impacted by ongoing discrimination. So did you abandon your argument, the comparison of the March 2020 VEOP and the July 2020 VEOP? Uh, we have not abandoned that argument. Oh, okay. All right, Judge Schroeder, I'm sorry. I well, could you back up a minute? <laughs> yes. Um, your clients were offered early retirement? Yes. And their alternative to early retirement was to continue working? Correct. And there's, there's two comparisons. And your argument is that they weren't really able to continue to work they were actually constructively discharged, which the, would make uh, the um, uh, early retirement take it outside of the safe harbor provision. Is that what your argument is? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. So how did 
the airline constructively discharge your client by saying that they could go back to work in a couple ways if you look at the law one way to show constructive discharge is to show that there is coercion inherent in the choice and it doesn't even say that the employer has to be responsible for the coercion inherent in the choice in the second way the employer American Airlines took a few actions to create or emphasize that coercion such as there would be no leaves of absence until enough flight attendants took the VEOP they would be not enough limited flight limited flight schedules until keyword until enough well okay but didn't American Airlines face mask and leave of absence policies apply to all flight attendants regardless of age so how did those cause age discrimination you said face mask and what policies and leave of absence policies didn't they apply to all flight attendants no because the law is clear that seeking to avoid health problems related to a particular risk factor is not seeking preferential treatment it is seeking to avoid adverse treatment I can cite numerous cases on that such as touche versus Halliburton where you know there's a field supervisors and all the field supervisors do about the same amount of driving but we have this one supervisor who has to do the same amount of driving but he has a heart issue and with a heart issue he has it coercion inherent in the choice it's the same with the Dotoro cases where you know basically everybody had the coercion here is what the coercion here is the fact that the older employees had to work with a greater risk factor of serious COVID illness that had been published at the time whereas the younger employees did not because of the nature of COVID because of the nature of COVID correct well okay the 2020 VEOP didn't that offer the plaintiff greater benefits than they would have received if they had otherwise chose to retire if they had chose to retire without the VEOP yes it would have but to determine whether the VEOP or early retirement plan is lawful you have to look at the characteristics here is there something pushing the employee to leave because of coercion inherent in the choice that's in so tell me what aspects of the 2020 VEOP take it outside the ADEA safe harbor provision that's in 29 USC section 623 F2B I so what takes it outside that safe harbor well it can't be a constructive discharge there's many cases that we've cited that show that you can have constructive discharge when an employee is subject to a particular health risk that's related to a risk factor so you can only win if you can show a constructive discharge no one thing we've argued at the district court is the 
seminal case in all this is the Seventh Circuit's case in Hen. Hen came up with various ways to show a constructive or an unlawful early retirement plan. One of them was constructive discharge. Another was, and this goes back to the language of the ADEA, which says it has to be voluntary. Hen says it's not voluntary if there is pressure. It's not voluntary if there is coercion. It's not voluntary if the employees aren't given all of the relevant information about what would happen if they signed. In this case, we've pled none of the employees who were offered the first VEOP were told that they would have to sign a broad waiver of their rights until there was an agreement by the parties and American Airlines later thought of it. Well, let's go back to the coercion or the constructive discharge for a minute. Yes. Doesn't that mean it has to be action by the employer? Isn't it a discharge by the employer or coercion by the employer? Yes and no. Here's the no part. Okay. If you look at, like, Kalvinskis by the Ninth Circuit that's cited in our briefing, the coercion circled around the fact that the employee might have financial pressures that would convince him to make a particular decision. In, you know, cases like, sorry, I mean, Parento, it's a Title VII case, and, you know, these all concern the totality of the circumstances. That's what the Ninth Circuit says. When you look at whether there's a constructive discharge, you have to look at the totality of the circumstances. Well, the circumstances here are that there was an epidemic of pandemic of a disease that meant that nobody was flying, so they didn't have any business, the airlines. Yet they insisted that everybody work without breaks, without reduced work schedules, until enough people took the VIA. That's not, we're not blaming American for the pandemic. Across the board. Yes. We're not blaming American for the VIA. What we're saying is American took advantage of the VIA to put older workers in a position that risked their health. The same risk wouldn't be applicable to a younger flight attendant. Now, on top of that, I mean, we have the audiovisual recording of the CEO at that time of American Airlines, who admits what we're really trying to do is motivate those who are close to retirement age to retire. Well, that's a statement of particular intent as to older workers. Well, how could they offer the VEOP to people that only worked one year? They would be younger. There was a, they tied the. I mean, that just wouldn't make any sense. So then young people get the same retirement that people that have put time in would get? No, here's what they did. They said that one thing that you have to do to qualify for the VIA is to work 10 years. But if you look at whether somebody can work 10 years and look at the history of their hiring freezes, the old folks are going to be the ones that 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 are going to be the ones
the only people of all their flight attendants could who could possibly qualify for it were over 40 years old and the only ones who really enticed them and did were about 60 well do you have to show discrimination with a hiring freeze no i mean because it's not the uh, hiring freeze that that's we're saying is discriminatory here it's the way that the uh, VAP was designed. Well, but the whole point of the safe harbor yes. is to permit an employer to make it advantageous for employees to take an early retirement. Uh, okay, well, you st- it still has to be voluntary within the meaning of the statute. I, I, that's in the ADEA, okay, which means no constructive discharge, no pressure, no coercion, full information on the facts. Yeah, but um, the pressure and the and no, the, the district court said, and this is this is you don't really disagree with this that the pressure and the coercion was as a result of the COVID ep- epidemic. I, I do disagree. To push back to, with the court. Okay. All right. Here's why. Um, you know, I'm in the position of an attorney. I'm not in the position of somebody who figures out how uh, businesses should operate, but. Um, they, I mean, they could have uh, taken volunteers to work. <laughs> they not made everybody work, or at least threatened everybody with working. Um, you know, the, they really probably only needed about 5% of their workforce because only about 5% of the American people were still flying. You know, they, they, could, they shouldn't have said everybody has to work without uh, a, uh, uh, a leave of absence or everybody has to work without a reduced work schedule. Um, those were the aspects of this circumstance. The and, the, and is your point the fact that they didn't do those things made their actions discriminatory? No, the, the point is that with a VAP, you can't have a constructive discharge, and there's two ways to show it's constructive discharge. One is to show the workplace is permeated with a discriminatory action. That's not the way we've gone. The other one is to say there is... In, um, there is coercion inherent in the choice. What choice do these flight attendants okay. really have? Do you have? want to save any time for a rebuttal? But Judge Schroeder may have a question. No, I don't have a question. Do you want to save any time for a rebuttal? Um, yes, I do. Okay, because you're down to two hundred two minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll hear from the Apelli American Airlines. Good morning. Good morning. May it please the court. Jason Zero on behalf of American Airlines. American cannot be held responsible under the ADEA for the consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is not in any way to diminish COVID's effect on older workers, but it means that American, like every other employer at the beginning of the pandemic, can only be responsible for its policies. Plaintiffs have identified three, I think, uh, Americans' leave of absence policies, Americans' mask policies, and something to do with releases. It does not matter. This is, I think, very important. It does not matter whether those policies are evaluated under the rubric of intolerable working conditions or coercion. They fail to state a claim regardless for the reasons that the district court stated. And I I can jump straight into those policies and then circle back if the court has any questions 
on the distinction between well i guess all play the devil's advocate why isn't the question of whether the march twenty twenty v e o p discriminate against older flight attendants a factual issue that should have gone to the jury it's not a factual issue that should go to the jury because no objective lee reasonable person would have felt coerced to quit in the circumstances here and this court has decided multiple cases as a matter of law that there wasn't a constructive discharge I would cite the court to the Poland case, the Brooks case, and Knappenberger. Um, the case on which plaintiffs most heavily rely was a case at the pleading stage just like this one. Um, okay, so then let's, I guess, responding to what um, your friend uh, on the appellant side uh, said, there were a lot of other ways you could have handled this. So even accepting that the changes to the working conditions of flight attendants were primarily brought on because of the COVID pandemic, could plaintiffs not show that Americans' response to the pandemic discriminated against older flight attendants? Why do you contend that the plaintiffs have failed to make that showing? Yes, Your Honor. So the first thing is I think what they are requesting is that American extend a discretionary benefit. What they're saying, and I would direct the court to paragraph 16 of the complaint, this refers specifically to leaves of absence, is that American should have at that time elected in its discretion to grant reduced at work hour schedules or leaves of absence entirely, excuse um, employees from working their jobs at all or let them work part time. The ADEA, as a matter of law, does not require that kind of preferential treatment. It doesn't require an accommodation, which is essentially what plaintiffs are seeking. The district court was entirely correct when it, um, when it said that. The second and independent reason is the test for constructive discharge in the circuit is really high. It's a high bar. What this court has said in, a case, in Knappenberger, for instance, is that the employee needs to be denied of their free will. They can't have a choice. They must be compelled to retire. And being asked to work your full-time job at the beginning of the pandemic, with all respect, is not denying someone free will. It's just asking someone to do what they were hired to do. Either of those bases is an independent reason to affirm the district court's judgment, and both of those bases were in the district court's judgment. Well, could there be circumstances? I know you're not contending that they're present, but could there be circumstances that an employer could require, say, well, I think doing your job would be, you know, and subjecting people to undue danger or things along those lines. Yes, Your Honor. We don't dispute that, in theory, there could be a case where the employer sent the employee into such dangerous circumstances that the employee would feel compelled, compelled to quit. Like, you know, someone owns a mine and there are dangerous chemicals in the mine and the employer says you have to go in regardless with no business reason. Theoretically, that could give rise to a constructive discharge, but the very important point there is what the court would be looking at is at the employer's policies. As a theoretical, theoretical or academic matter, I don't disagree. I just think this is not one of those cases. They do argue that, that um, if they went to work, they, uh, they weren't supposed to wear masks and that this was uh, a condition that uh, shouldn't have been imposed. Do you want to respond to that? Yes, Your Honor. So American, at the relevant time, permitted the employees to wear masks, permitted but did not require. That was entirely consistent with government guidance at the time. In fact, 
at the relevant time the government was discouraging people if your honour's may remember the government was saying there's a critical shortage of masks we need to save these for health care workers we need to save the masks it would've been a very bad thing for example if american had stockpiled masks for its flight attendants because the government was saying we need these for health care workers americans policies were entirely consistent with the government what the government was doing and i want to return to the nap and burger free choice free will no choice test the employees here had a choice to wear masks that i think means that they didn't not have a choice sorry that was a little bit confusing but i think that contrasts as we said in our twenty eight j opposition letter with the district court cases that plaintiffs have cited their district court cases so take them you know for what they're worth but in those cases the employer prohibited the employees from wearing masks and then said now you need to go guard somebody with a known case of tuberculosis or covid that is very different than saying you can wear a mask so i don't think just as a matter of law this rises to the level of the of a constructive discharge on the masks piece and then the last piece i heard is just about the releases and i think the allegation here is plaintiffs believe that they formed a contract where they were going to retire for a v up without releases and then later in time american said hey sign these releases plaintiffs allege that there was no consideration for the releases so they're outside the scope of the contract there's a number of reasons that that doesn't give rise to a claim the first is that they don't allege in the complaint that they would not have accepted the v up with releases the second is they allege themselves that the releases are invalid in the argument we just heard that there was an excellent point i thought that just as a matter of contract law if it's outside the contract you know if there's no consideration they're going to get their benefit of the bargain they're saying the bargain was a v up without releases and they allegedly the second v e o p was better correct and it seems that there's an implication that somehow that that factors into that does that it does is it does that fact what what is your assessment of that so it doesn't factor in and it hurts them i'll explain why it doesn't factor in first it doesn't factor in because the eligibility criteria were either the same or more stringent so if only 40 years and old and up were eligible for the first viop then only 40 years and older and up were eligible for the second viop and therefore the second viop can't be discriminatory vis-a-vis the first because it's the same group of people who can participate in both the reason it hurts them is i think what's underlying the allegation and this is the theory of damages in the complaint this is paragraph three and paragraph seventy four is what they're really saying is actually we wish we could have worked that american into until july and august they say they quit in march and april work for another hundred days and then accept the second more lucrative offer but that is antithetical to it's just directly contrary to the allegation that working conditions were so bad in march and april that they had to quit what they're saying is actually you know we would have if we had known about the second offer worked for another hundred days in these conditions that we're now claiming are so bad that we had no choice to quit but to quit so i don't think the allegation helps them but it doesn't matter because they're not discriminatory vis-a-vis each other because it's the same eligibility criteria let me see if my colleagues have any questions we don't have any questions. Thank so. you, Your Honors. All right. Thank you. Uh, Your Honors, I would like to address the question asked to opposing counsel about uh, whether there's a jury question about how bad was it or how coercive was it. 
you know, on the one end of the spectrum, what if COVID had killed everybody? It would be a no-brainer. Maybe a court could make a decision. On the other end of the spectrum, what if, what if COVID had caused some unpleasant coughing for a few days? It would probably be a no-brainer too. But what we have here is somewhere in the middle. And we cited the statistics that said that older people uh, were more likely to have uh, serious COVID illness or death. These are published statistics at the date. I think that gets us enough under the case law to present the question of whether there was a constructive discharge to the jury. The Ninth Circuit has certainly said uh, on multiple occasions that the decision of a constructive discharge, the determination of a constructive discharge, should not be made on a motion to dismiss, a motion for summary judgment. It should be a jury issue. Um, you know, as to wearing masks, our our uh, allegation is that uh, American either prohibited masks or uh, deterred uh, the flight attendants from wearing masks. Um, and as to the, the next VAP, uh, the, the real point here is that, uh, as cases like Hen say, you have to provide full information to people before a VAP or it's not voluntarily. Well, they told them there, and we have this in writing and we've alleged it, there would be uh, no more VAPs and there would be no increase in benefits in a future VAP. But they turn around and uh, American offers a VAP that's substantially more um, valuable and attractive to younger employees because it contains health care benefits, whereas the older employees uh, already have um, uh, uh, Medicare because they're mostly 65. It has uh, uh, free positive space flight tickets where the older benef employees wouldn't be attracted uh, by that because they'd already qualified for those benefits. Um, but in, these, in the case law, what it says is the employer does not have to uh, create the unpleasant work environment. You look to all this, the circumstances at the time, and if all the circumstances show that what you have is uh, a coercive or inherently coercive uh, environment that can support a constructive discharge and that can support an unlawful VOP. I thank all of the, your honors. Thank you. Thank you both for your arguments. This matter will stand submitted.